That's great. We just love moms. We're just so glad, just again, so glad that you're here. Love celebrating moms on a special day. I, I saw yesterday on Facebook, there's just all these posts about, about moms. And this was, my, this was my favorite, and I thought I had to share that. Throw it up on the screen. Have you ever heard of a swear jar? I started a mom jar. The kids have to put in a dollar every time they say, Mom, I'm up to 59 million. We started 30 minutes ago. <laughs> How many of you moms can relate to that? Yeah, just, you know, over and over, mom, 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 So uh, glad that you're here. Uh, we want to continue. In fact, we're going to wrap up this series we've been doing called uh, Dead Man Talking. We've been looking at the story of Lazarus, and we've been doing it kind of in an unusual way. We started at the end of the story of Lazarus and kind of worked our way backwards. And today we want to go to the very beginning and to pick up some stuff that I think is going to really be helpful uh, for you today. So let's throw that passage up on the screen. If you'd like to take out your worship folder, you can pull your sermon outline out and track along with us. We're going to look at John chapter 11. This is from the New International Version, and uh, those Bibles are also in your pew. If you would like a Bible or would like to have one for yourself or for a friend, please feel free to take one of those Bibles home with you. They are our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody has a Bible. And I want to welcome our online audience. Glad you guys are joining us as well. Here we go. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of, of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, read this last sentence out loud with me. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Read it again. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, look at this next sentence. So, the, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, what did he do? He stayed where he was two more days. Now, that doesn't sound real loving, does it? He stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this to him, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. And then Thomas, Thomas is the Eeyore of the group. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. <laughs> that sound like Eeyore? You know, when you read this first part of the story, um, it's really confusing. Because Jesus did not act or operate in a way that made sense. It didn't make sense to his disciples. It didn't make sense to Mary and Martha. It was all very confusing to them. Now, come on, it's just us. It's Sunday morning. Can we be honest with each other? How many of you have had times in your journey with God that he has not made sense to you? Anybody? Where he operates in ways that we don't understand, where he doesn't do what we want him to do, even though we're convinced he ought to do it. 
or he does something that we think shouldn't be done, but he does it anyway. And there's a lot of times that we, we, we try to wrap our minds around it and we, and we can't quite get there. And I thought, you know, when I was unpacking this story, I thought this is a great place to talk about how do we, how do we respond to God and what can we do when we hit those times where God just doesn't make sense to us. Are you ready? Let's take the journey together. I want to give you a few thoughts today that I hope will really help you and encourage you on your own journey. Here's a few. Here's the first one. God hears our prayers even when it seems like he doesn't. God hears our prayers even when it seems like he doesn't. Come on. It's just us. How many of you have ever had a time where you've been praying about a certain thing in your life, and it feels like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. Anybody be on? Yeah, and and it feels at times like you know, God, I, I don't get this, man. I'm I'm crying out with all my heart. I, I'm praying in every way that I, I know how to pray, but for whatever reason, I I just don't seem to be connecting here. And, and and this was what was going on for Mary and Martha. Again, remember, Jesus was friends. He was friends with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And they said, you know, when, when they sent word to him to come, I know their expectation was that Jesus, well, of course, Jesus had healed all these people, people that he didn't even know. Surely he's going to respond right away, you know, to, to, to Lazarus. But when Jesus heard, how long did he stay? Two more days. Now, I'm sure on Mary and Martha's end, it felt like to some degree, you know, maybe Jesus didn't get this word. Or maybe he's not hearing how bad Lazarus is. Now look at me. I want you to get this. But here's what you need to know. Even when it feels like God doesn't hear you, he hears you. Amen? He hears you. There was a, a story in the news uh, last week. Some of you may have, may have seen this. I thought it was just such a phenomenal story of a time when some people who maybe thought God wasn't hearing their prayers, and he did. Uh, you want you got to watch this video. This is really cool. Play this for me, would you please? Now to an amazing story of First Coast News exclusive, A Rescue at Sea. Two Jacksonville teenagers are back on dry land tonight after getting stranded in the middle of the ocean. Now this happened on Senior Skip Day, and tonight we're hearing not only from those students, but from the boater who came to their rescue. First Coast News' Crystal Bailey is live in the Information Center. Crystal, this is just an incredible story. Yes, this is the kind of story you'll be glad you stayed up to watch. It's unbelievable. Tyler Smith and Heather Brown say they were exhausted from treading water, ready to give up, when God literally answered their prayers. I just cried out and I was like, God, please don't let this be the end. Tyler Smith and Heather Brown, seniors at Christ Church Academy in Mandarin, decided to swim towards an island off Volano Beach, but rocky waters and a strong current kept them from their destination. At that point, I also recognized that I don't see the rocks anymore. Like, we're, I don't see the rocks anywhere. I looked to the right and to the left and there's no rocks to swim to anymore. It was just the island which seemed like it was getting further and further away from us. They were out of sight from people at the beach. We were both dead tired at that time. My legs started to cramp and all we could do was float and hold hands. He was the first one to just start just like calling out to God, honestly, just like praying for strength to swim. Praying for a miracle when a boat appeared. It wasn't until we got closer that I realized they didn't have life jackets on and they were treading water. Um, both of them were barely keeping their heads above water at that time. 
Um, and then we kind of realized how frantic the situation was. Eric Wagner says the seas were rough when he heard screams and an arm flail over the swells. So he turned his boat around. It just like came out of nowhere. It really, it really did come out of nowhere. And pulled Tyler and Heather from the water. I was just screaming like, help, like over here, please. Um, and I see this like shaded like hand through like the screen, like wave back at me and I'm like, this is it, this is it, we're getting out of here. It wasn't until after they were aboard that they found out the name of the boat. They said, the name of our boat is the Amen. I, was, I started crying. Wagner, the Amen's owner, reuniting with the teens from New Jersey. Are my lips uh, still white? No, they're they love better. Right, but I'm glad you guys are doing well. Wagner says they were two miles away from shore when he found them, shivering and pale. You begged for his help in prayer, and he answered. Oh my uh, gosh. We wouldn't have been there without it. Now, shortly after they climb aboard the boat, Wagner's crew called the U.S. Coast Guard. A rescue crew came to pick them up and took them back to shore. Now they're living to share their testimony, saying that God waited until they cried out before he sent them someone to save them. Now, the teens will be graduating from Christ Church Academy in a couple of weeks. Reporting live from the newsroom, Crystal Bailey, First Coast News, on your side. Isn't that a great story? You know, when I, when I saw that news story, I thought, now, when, when I saw that the boat was called Amen after these kids are crying out in prayer, I said, okay, God, now you're showing off a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, really? A, a boat named Amen? But it, it, it was so cool. But I want to I wanna push back on one thing that they said right at the end of the story. Um, I thought was interesting was that Heather and Tyler said, you know, it, it wasn't until, you know, they cried out that God sent them a boat. Here's what I want to show you, though. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. At the bottom there, that, where that little red circle is, that's Delray Beach. That's where the boat went into the water. That's where they were, were ported at when they left to head to New Jersey. Now, the waves were rough. The wind was up. And the, the captain of the boat said, you know, we, we, we were having really second thoughts about whether we ought to go ahead and head to New Jersey, but we just felt like we needed to. We needed to go ahead and make that go. So against the wind and the waves, they decided to go ahead and go. And if you look up the coast to where that other red dot is, that's uh, the, the Lena Beach. That's where uh, Tyler and Heather were at. That's where they were offshore of. That's where they, they boat had to get to to pick them up. It's a four-hour drive from Delray Beach to Valena Beach. And what I want you to understand is God didn't wait until they cried out for a boat to send a boat. God sent a boat four hours before they ever asked. It was just when they needed it that it showed up. Does that make sense to you? Look, look at me. This is how much God loves you. Before you ever find it within your heart to even voice that prayer, God knows what you need before you ask. God is well aware of what's going on in your life. It may feel like God doesn't hear your prayers, but he hears that prayer when it's still a whisper in your heart or before you even know that you need him. In fact, I, I love this passage of scripture from Isaiah. Throw that up on the screen for me. Read it out loud with me, church. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Now, let me give you something else to hang on to when God isn't making sense. And, and, and this one kind of hurts a little bit, but I think we have to keep it in mind. Sometimes God does what we want, but not the way that we want him to. 
Sometimes God does what we want, but it's not always the way that we want him to. Okay, look at me. Did Jesus heal Lazarus? It's not a trick question. I'm not trying to trick you. Did he heal him? Yeah. Did he do it the way Mary and Martha thought he would? <laughs> no, I mean, can you imagine this conversation? Jesus said, well, you know, I had to, I had to kill you before I healed you. You know, this kind of stuff. It, it wasn't the way. Dying and putting him in a tomb was, was not really what Mary and Martha had in mind when they cried out to Jesus for help. He responded, but it wasn't the way that God, that, that they wanted him to respond. Um, this was so funny. Uh, throw that picture up on the screen for me. Uh, Sarah Kaberski um, is a 911 operator uh, in, up in Michigan, a little town called Wyoming, Michigan, up in Kent County. Uh, on April 14th, just a few weeks ago, on that Sunday morning, uh, she was working the, the 911 switchboard when a call came in, and she responded, uh, Kent County 911, what's your emergency? And this tiny voice at the other end of the line says, can you bring me McDonald's? And she said, excuse me? What did you say? And this tiny voice said, can you bring me McDonald's? I'm hungry. And she said, no, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I can't bring you McDonald's. And uh, the call clicked off, and she, when she uh, looked it up on her screen, she realized it came from a, a cell phone uh, and knew where the address was. Well, every 911 call has to be directed to emergency response, and so she decided to, to direct it to the police department, and uh, as she did, she contacted Pan, uh, Dan, Dan Patterson. Throw that up on the screen. That's, that's Officer Dan. Dan Patterson took the call, and she said, I got this call from this little boy. He, he, he was wanting McDonald's. Uh, you know, I don't know how you want to respond to it, but we have to respond to every call, so I just thought I'd pass it on to you. Well, Officer Dan, really great guy. Uh, he's going to hand over to the address just to check things out, make sure everything's okay at the home. Well, on the way, he decides, I think I'm going to make this little boy's morning. So he swings through a McDonald's to pick up the little boy some McDonald's. Now, he gets to, gets to the house. Throw that picture up on the screen. Next one up here. That's Isaiah. Isaiah, uh, five years old. Can you imagine this five-year-old, what happened to his heart when he saw a police officer walking up to his door? The officer comes to the door and knocks on the door. He doesn't answer. His grandmother is asleep in bed, and that was why he called 911, because she, she wasn't up and he was hungry. So he called 911 because he was hungry, and uh, the officer stands at the door. He doesn't answer it. Finally, the, the, the police officer, Officer Dan, goes around to the window, starts tapping on the window, and Isaiah is looking out at him. He's scared out of his mind because he knows how his grandmother's going to respond. He comes to the window, and he said, please go away. My grandmother will be mad. Well, he eventually let Officer Dan in, and Dan gave him the food, and it was, it, was a, it was a great story. Of course, the grandmother was embarrassed. The grandmother, the boy, actually, little Isaiah, was actually playing on a cell phone that was a decommissioned cell phone, but even decommissioned cell phones can still dial 911. The grandmother didn't realize that. Now, here's what I want you to get. Did Isaiah get what he wanted? Yes. Did he get it the way that he wanted no, I think he thought maybe Ronald McDonald might, you know, might, might bring it to him, but, but, but it wasn't. It, it was a police officer. Well, and that's the way, that's the way God is at times. And I, and I want you to, I just want you to get this because sometimes when we're, when we're trying to have faith in God and we're asking God for particular things, God responds in ways that we look at and we go, you know, I don't get this. 
And sometimes we forget that God's ways are not always our ways. And his response isn't always exactly the way that we want it. In times, sometimes God gives us the very thing we're asking for, but it's not really the way that we want it. Um, in fact, throw that passage of scripture up, up on the screen for me. You know, you remember the story of Joshua um, God's people are heading into the promised land, and now they're about to go to war. Now, you think about it, you're Joshua. Joshua is a war general. You know, he's the right man for the job. He's about to lead his, his army into battle to capture the city of Jericho. And what kind of battle plan did God give him? Well, here we go. God says, you and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each one carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around seven times with the priest blowing the horn. Now, can you imagine Joshua taking this battle plan back to his army? What's our strategy? Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to march around the city every day for seven days. And on the seventh day, we're going to march around it seven times and we're going to blow our horns. (laughs) The old man has lost it, you know. I mean, that's what, that's what they're thinking because, again, is that, is that how you do war? That's not how you do war. Did the walls of Jericho fall? They did. God answered the prayer of his people. Hear my heart. He just doesn't do it always the way that we want him to do it. Amen? Now, let me give you another piece, and this one hurts even more than this last one. We are not the only ones God is thinking about when he answers our prayer. We are not the only ones God is thinking about when he answers our prayer. This this will be good group therapy for you this morning. Everybody just repeat out loud after me. I am not the only one that God cares about. Oh, let's say that again. I am not the only one that God cares about. Now, why this is so important is sometimes when, when, when we're praying, we only think of us. And I, I thought of this when I'm reading this story again this last week. I'm going back to it. And I'm thinking, you know, Mary and Martha, they were thinking about their brother Lazarus and themselves. That was, that was the entirety of their world. And as they're praying this prayer, Jesus had a much broader picture in mind. And sometimes we forget that when God is responding to the prayers that we cry out to him, he's not, he loves you. Look at me. He loves you, but he's not just thinking about you. There are others in that picture as well. In the story of Lazarus, for instance, was there another goal? You remember what Jesus said to, to his disciples when he, when he stayed where he was? And he tells them Lazarus is dead. And he said, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad because God is going to use this that the son might be glorified. You remember, you remember at the end of the story of Lazarus after Jesus came and he raised Lazarus from the dead? Do you remember the end result though? that passage up on the screen? At the end of the story, it says, read it with me out loud. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did and believed in him. Now, I want you to think about this with me. Jesus realized, you know, I can go and I can heal Lazarus, and that will bless Lazarus' family. But in staying where he was for two days, for not answering the prayer the way that they wanted him to prayer, keeping the other people in mind, Jesus did this. And as a result of it, other people came to believe in Christ as well. I, I just got to, this has just got to sink in for you a little bit. Because sometimes when God is make, not making sense to us, we have to remind ourselves, you know what? This isn't just about me. 
It's about others. And it's about this broader plan that God has. Think this. Look at the second half of that verse. Read that last part with me, that second sentence. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Now, for those of you who have read this story, were the Pharisees happy about what Jesus did? No. In fact, if you follow the storyline, what you'll find is this story of Lazarus, this incident, was what caused the Pharisees to say, this guy's got to die. Go back and read it. You look at the encounter after what took place, and you see this interaction among the religious leaders, and they said, you know what? Uh, if we don't stop this, the, the entire nation is going to go after them. The Roman government's going to come down on our heads. They're going to see what's happening. They're, and, and, and one of them comes up with this great idea. They say, you know what? It's better that one man die than that a whole nation perish. This was the beginning of the end for Jesus. This was the beginning of him, them moving him toward the cross. Look at me. Was the cross also a part of Jesus' plan? So, so in the same instance, Jesus causes many people to believe him, but at the same time, he triggers the very events that will send him to Calvary and eventually to a resurrection, which is why we are all here today. <laughs> Think about that. When Jesus was answering the prayer of Mary and Martha, he had you in mind as well. Amen. That's why when I was thinking about this this week, it was blowing me away. And I was just sitting at my, my desk and I was just thinking about how many ways in my life I could see this playing out. And I thought about how God looks at things so differently. I, I put this on your outline. Throw that statement up on the screen for me. You know, sometimes our frustration with God is because we're playing checkers and God is playing chess. He just looks at this thing through a whole different set of lens. Let me, let me give you one more. And this is really, really uncomfortable. God strengthens our faith by pushing it to uncomfortable places. God strengthens our faith by pushing it to uncomfortable places. Now, eyes up here. This is one of the very annoying things about God that none of us like. Because when we want to grow in our relationship with God, when we want to grow as men and women of God, you know what we want? We want God to zap us. We want to be able to just bow our heads and say, Lord, I want to be a better husband, and God goes, zap, you're a better husband, or zap, you're a better wife, or, or we want to say, Lord, um, I, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm just kind of losing my cool with people at work and kids at school and, you know, and I'm, I'm annoyed by every driver on the freeway and Lord, I just need more patience and we want God to go zap, you're more patient uh, or we say, Lord, I need faith. I really need to believe. I need to believe more than, than I've ever believed. I need to trust you like I've never trusted you before. And we want God to go zap. And all of a sudden we believe him more. But that's not how this works. We say, God, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better man of God or woman of God. And God puts us in places where we have the opportunity to grow and develop that. We get pushed to become, we, we get those rough edges filed off so that God can make us into that person. We say, God, make me patient. 
And what does God do? He allows us to be in situations where we have to be patient. And how about faith? God, give me faith. Sure. So what's he do? He pushes us to those uncomfortable places where we have to have faith. Does this make sense to you? I, I want you to let this sink in because when I, when I was thinking about how the story unfolded, on, on the other end of this story, do you think the disciples had more or less faith after Lazarus was resurrected? Not a trick question. Yeah, it was more. Do you think Mary and Martha's faith was greater or less after all of this happened? It was greater. But I want you to notice in both of these groups, Jesus had his disciples go back with him to a place where they'd almost been stoned. They had to trust him to go to a place where they realized they might be hurt. And as they followed him, as a result, their faith was increased. They put faith in him there, and this happened. Mary and Martha, the same way. They wanted Jesus to come and heal. Jesus didn't do it the way that they wanted. But the end result of it all, as, Jesus, as Mary and Martha said, Lord, even now we believe God will give you what you want, even now. And God did. And you know what? Their faith was increased. When I was thinking about this, I, I thought, you know, one of the things when we think about when God doesn't make sense, we, we need to ask ourselves some, some pretty uncomfortable questions. I give them three. I put them on your outline. Throw them up on the screen. Can we surrender our desires to God's purposes? God's purposes. Do I have enough faith in God that even though I really want what I really want, what I really want, do I have enough faith in God to say, you know what, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Do we have enough faith to surrender to that? Throw the second up here. Is our faith great enough to allow God to use our, great, our grief and suffering? Now, again, stay with me on this. Remember what we said It happened at the end of the story? Many people who didn't believe came to believe. Would you let God use your grief and suffering that way? If God told you that by suffering, people would watch the way you suffered and they would be drawn to him, would you have enough faith in God to say, I'll sacrifice myself for your purposes? People watched Mary and Martha's, Martha's grief. What Jesus took them through, Lazarus died. Mary and Martha grieved. But out of that sadness and out of that brokenness, God did some amazing things. Do, do we have enough faith? God took them to the uncomfortable place, and he used it in a magnificent way. Throw the next one up on the screen. Can we stay faithful even if we never understand. Now, I want you to look at me because I want to be very, very honest with you. There are going to be times in this journey with God that you have that in this life you will never understand why he did what he did. Do you have enough faith that says, Lord, I trust your heart enough that even when this doesn't make sense to me, even if this never makes sense to me, I'll still be faithful to you. That's faith. Amen. Where do you need faith today? 
Where is God maybe not making sense for you? Maybe some of you have some things that you have been praying about, asking God for, believing God for. And maybe he's staying a few days longer than you want him to stay. Maybe he's not answering the way that you want him to answer. And maybe today you just need to say, God, I I need to have faith. I need to have faith that you are working on my behalf even when you are not making sense to me. Rachel, go ahead and come on back. I've asked Rachel to to just do a song. We did this earlier in the the service today, and she's going to do a a little bit of a recap. But I I wanted to give you just a couple moments to, to lean into God and maybe respond to him in a way that just might be helpful for you. If you've got some things that you've been praying for, and maybe, maybe you just need to pray that prayer that that father prayed who was praying for his little boy when he said, Lord Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. And maybe for some of us, that's our prayer today. Maybe we need to ask God to do that. Maybe some of you want to slip out from where you are and come to the front if this makes you feel comfortable and you can kneel or or stand here at the front and just have a moment of God where you bring this to him. Some of you may want to take whatever it is that you've been praying about and you may want to put it on your prayer card. And you may just want to write on your prayer card, Lord, would you help me have faith about whatever it is that you need to trust God with. And while we sing this song, some of you may want to as you put that on your prayer card, come and hang it on the prayer wall. And, and we'll be, be, be praying with you, be, be believing with you. I'll be honest to tell you that I, I wish after, you know, some 50 years of following Jesus, I, I wish I could tell you that I understood everything that he did, but I really don't. There are lots of times on my journey that God doesn't, hasn't always made sense to me. And somewhere along the way, we have to choose to believe that he is still good. He is still loving, and he is still able, even when he doesn't do what we want him to do. I want to give you just a, a, a few moments, and maybe some of you just right where you are in your, in your pew just want to take a moment with God and just ask the Lord to fill you, give you greater faith for whatever it is you need to believe. Uh, others may want to respond a different way, but after we sing this song, I just want to pray, pray for us and just ask God to meet us here. You come to him this morning with however you need faith in your life. Let's pray. Lord, I have uh, no doubt that uh, there are some of us this morning that have been wrestling with you. We've been struggling because you aren't responding as quickly as we would like you to to our prayers. Some of us are struggling because you've said no to things that we were so certain you would say yes to. Some of us are struggling, Lord, because we believe you're going to answer, but you just haven't yet, and it just seems like you are taking a long, long time. We're reminded by the story of Lazarus today that that you always hear our prayers. It's not that you don't listen or care. You actually love us more than we would ever be able to begin to imagine. But sometimes, Lord, you, you answer in ways that aren't the ways that we would respond. Your ways are just simply not our ways sometimes. We forget, God, that um, as we pray that we're, we're not the only ones that you're thinking about, that there are other people. You have a bigger plan. You have more things involved than just us. And as much as you love us, you don't forfeit your plans just for us. 
And sometimes, Father, we're reminded that you allow us to wrestle with you because that's how our faith grows strong. It's not in those times where we see the answer that we need faith. It's in those moments when we can't see the answer. It's in those moments when we have no idea what you're up to that we really have to trust you. So, Father, I lift up each and every person here today, whatever it is that they need faith for, that you would lay your hand upon their heart, that you would assure them that you hear their voice, that you would assure them that you have already responded and are responding to their prayer and their need. Let them know today, God, that you are for them and not against them. And remind us today, oh God, that we walk by faith and not by sight. It's in your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen.